Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Today's guest is actually someone that our team had the opportunity to meet in the Rochester, New York area at the Reawaken America event, and we are so excited to have him on the show today. He's a Canadian Armed Forces veteran and a civilian paramedic. He worked through the Freedom Convoy 2022 in Ottawa in various roles, from the Zello moderator to medical support to intelligence and security. Welcome to the show, Luke. Yay! Thanks so much for having me. Yes, it's an honor to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. What, what I love about the, the era and, and day that we're in is, is some people who do great things are famous in their household names, you know, whether it's an athlete or it's a veteran or somebody that's done something that me. But there are so many people every day that we run into that are doing miraculous work. Mm-hmm. And this this platform gives us an opportunity to highlight those because I believe that courage is contagious. Yes. And sometimes you just need to kind of, you know, you, you hear somebody loses 100 pounds, like, hey, I can lose 10, right? You know, you, these things are contagious. And I, I really am excited for people to learn a little more about you today. Well, thank you so much. And uh, well, when I was uh, when I was a paratrooper, uh, we have this thing called the Airborne Creed. And one of the things they talk about in the Airborne Creed is uh, having infectious optimism. So mm. I hope I can spread some of that today. I love Absolutely. that. That's incredible. So what have you been doing since the Freedom Convoy there in Canada in 2000? When, what was when was that? So it was 2022, but back in back in late January, January. To, uh, to late February. Seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it really does. I mean. Um, before the convoy, I was, uh, I was honestly, if the convoy had been a week after, uh, it started, I would have already left the country. Um, I was planning an escape. I was going to get out of here and join, uh, uh, one of my best friends down in Mexico, um, to get away from the tyranny. It was scary. And then, uh, when the convoy happened and I saw how, uh, Canadians really were standing up and that I wasn't in you know what they they said is a fringe minority mm-hmm. it really wasn't a fringe minority it was uh a fringe majority right and, uh, <laughs> i think that that woke a lot of people up to yes. um uh you know how people really feel well, about yeah. what's going the on world in this we've ever seen videos no and someone put up the music and you'd see the overpasses just it was freezing cold and the overpasses would have thousands of people you know all down the sides of the road and and you know we have goosebumps. I don't know. be crying. It's like, oh, oh no. you know, Just you see amazing. this. It was so inspiring because we were coming out of a window where they wanted to isolate people, mask them up, keep them apart. And when you're all alone, you're like, well, I guess I'm the only one that sees this. And the news feeds you a different mm-hmm. story every single minute, you know, at, at United States and Canada both. And so when you saw the physical manifestation of people's frustration out there and like, you know, waking up, speaking up and showing up, it was so encouraging. Yeah, I've, I've never cried so much in my adult life as I did Ugh. in those first two weeks of the convoy. I mean, between the one meal a day and working 22 hours a day and uh, oh. constantly trying to stay on top of uh, the next thing, the next threat, the next um, lies in the media and from our government, mm-hmm. um, it was exhausting and beautiful at the same time. No <laughs> doubt about it. Okay, so I know that you're not representing freedoms uh, or veterans for freedom .ca. I know that you work with that organization, but tell us a little bit about it. So yeah, I, I, I'm part of that organization. I was one of the uh, sort of original members. Uh, I don't, but I don't, um, I don't speak for the organization. Mm-hmm. Only members of our steering committee can do that. So um, I speak as an individual um, sure. and I just need to, to throw that out because that's uh, one of our uh, 
we have to sign a media statement of understanding. So I just, sure, it's for my organization to be happy, I just need to say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what is Veterans for Freedom? Uh, so Veterans for Freedom is a collection of uh, Canadian veterans that um, we basically rose up out of the Freedom Convoy. Uh, we stood up as an organization very shortly after um, uh, the convoy was violently ended by our government. Uh, and we've been involved in various uh, different forms of activism. We've been uh, used in an advisory role and a security role at, uh, at other protests. Other protest organizations can reach out to us and they can request our assistance. Um, so we can have medical and security personnel uh, and intelligence personnel at their protests. And um, we've been we've been very active. We've been um, uh, getting quite a lot of information uh, to keep our movement safe. Um, including, um, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with the Ray Epps, uh, character that a lot of people suspect yes. the federal agent from January 6th. Yes. Uh, well, we have our own, uh, we, we believe our government is playing, uh, by the same playbook and is trying to put, uh, violent agent provocateurs in our movement. So we've been very active at calling these people out and, uh, uh, using informants and other, uh, intelligence collection tools to, uh, to out these people. And, you know, I, I want to let America know that the lessons learned from January 6th and uh, from government suspected government agent provocateurs mm-hmm. have not been forgotten. They're being applied in Canada. And um, the lessons we've learned from your movement is helping to save our movement. Man, smart, that is huge. The, the commonality that you see when you see a, a guy like Klaus Schwab speak at the Kennedy Center here in the United States bragging. And I can, I could do a, a, an evil uh, impersonation of him. But, you know, uh, that that their World Economic Forum, the hardest working member they've ever had is Joe Biden, but they're very proud of their young members uh, like 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 Prime Minister Trudeau and yeah. his whole cabinet yep. are all members of our organization. And then they go through and it's, you know, the the the, the crazy lady in New Zealand yep. and, and, you know, Merkel and you just kind of go around the world and wherever there's this kind of government overreach, authoritarian regimes choking its own people, it's like, oh, they're all members of the World Economic mm-hmm. Forum. And so it's the, you mm-hmm. see, it got, oh, it kind of starts to make, it's not like a conspiracy. They, you know, they, they're very upfront and they brag about it and they speak about it with, you know, the, at the highest levels. So when you see that kind of, it's like, well, we all, you know, it's a little bit less borders and nations because we all kind of have similar oppressors when your prime minister and, and, and the majority of his cabinet, they brag are all members of the world economic forum. Yeah. We're kind of have a brotherhood here of, of, uh, what's causing the problem. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you, you hit the nail on the head there. And, and I don't think this would have made the news in the States, but it was certainly a pretty big deal in the freedom movement in Canada when we had uh, a politician speak in the House about that statement made by Klaus Schwab. Uh, and he was asking questions and the House, and the audio was fine. He was on Zoom because of our whole, you know, COVID thing, not letting yep. politicians into Parliament. Uh, and the House Speaker as soon as he started talking about um, our parliament being co-opted by the World Economic Forum, all of a sudden fabricated some audio issues and said, oh, we can't really hear you properly, cut him off, and uh, went on to the next question. Wow, that is wild. Now, I love what you all are doing by bringing Canada and the United States together. You guys have something called the North American Unity Tour. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud to be involved with the North American Unity Tour. And um, just like how uh, global billionaires are trying to consolidate power globally, uh, now we're at the point where global freedom fighters are coming together and try to take it back globally. 
But we got to join together as, as global thousandaires. I've got to stick together. <laughs> Penny ears uh, doesn't matter. Everyone's welcome. I love it. And you have a Facebook page that people can actually join. They're going to walk through a process, obviously, to make sure we don't have any uh, crazies in there. Uh, but walk through the process of being a part of this North American Unity Tour. What will people find when they go to the Facebook page? Honestly, I have no social media and I haven't had social media in a really long time. So I'm probably the wrong person to answer that question. I'm more of uh, an intelligence liaison and organizational role uh, uh, within the North American Unity Tour. Um, so <laughs> I'm probably the wrong person to, uh, to answer that question. But uh, basically, the North American Unity Tour is made up from... Uh, a patchwork of, of, of groups from across North America started with the American Freedom Truckers Convoy and people from the Freedom Convoy uh, working together. Um, and we've organized protests like um, a solidarity protest in Niagara at the Peace Bridge that happened back in April. Mm -hmm. um, April or May, I can't remember. The months just, just fly do. by. They do. Uh, we, we had another one. Uh, this was huge uh, on the 23rd of July. Uh, a solidarity protest with the uh, the Dutch farmers, and this went global. Wow! And it was a uh, North American Unity tour that uh, made up a flyer for this protest and sent it out. Uh, it got distributed, uh, shared thousands of times around the world, and um, to the point where one of our uh, lead American organizers, Vince, got a phone call at two in the morning from Australia that said they're ready to go. And I think <laughs> it, it ended up being uh, 70 Canadian cities and towns had a huge convoy, each had huge convoys. Um, my little town of 15,000 people uh, had a convoy as far as the eye could see in solidarity wow. with the Dutch. And um, uh, we're, we're really trying to create a global force here. They're, they're inspiring. You, know, you can kind of, you got to dink around a whole, you know, a little bit, but you know, I, I think some of the people in the major cities who kind of consider themselves the elites, they kind of forget they're dependent upon doers. And when I say doers, I mean people that that take a shower at the end of the day, that, that get up and work. And, you know, uh, I don't care if you're at a five-star restaurant and there's a fancy drizzle on your food. Someone grew it. Yep. And those are the yep. doers. That's the backbone of every functional country that gets things mm -hmm. done. I want to end with one last question for you, Luke. I mean, you go, it's not that we typoed and didn't put your last name on there and, and all this. We are in a time where it, there there can be uh, adverse effects to standing up. There's mm -hmm. resistance to that. There's Antifa movements. There's you know people that would bring harm to like the Andy Nose of the world and different things like that. You we see these stories. It's real. We've 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 seen it. Uh, what do you say to people that come to kind of a fork in the road where they they're going into their life and they see a problem and they have a choice to either kind of like go hide behind their water heater or just sit on the couch and watch and hope somebody comes along and fixes it or lean into it. Now, maybe not everybody's mentally, physically equipped and wired for you. They're not a veteran. They don't have, you know, but we believe here and it's on every piece of literature that we have in our company. Everybody can do something. We say, wake up, speak up and show up. Everybody can do one thing. And, and, but, but they don't, some people that muscle is atrophied. They've not, they've not, leaned into something hard or done something brave in a long time. They just, they, they've developed that the habit of going with the flow and not resisting. They'll just kind of just let it mm -hmm. go away. What do you say to people that, that maybe haven't developed that muscle of leaning into adversity and it may be where they go to a school board or somebody calling them a name, or I would hate to be involved in something controversial or just that moment that you you've strengthened that fiber. Well, 
What do you say to people who are mentally and emotionally flabby when it comes to doing hard things and maybe coming against some resistance? Great question. Well, that's, that is a great question. And I would just remind everyone that every authoritarian regime in history relied on um, good people remaining silent, people who knew that something was wrong and they just went along to get along and they stayed silent because they didn't want to be uh, the target of anything. And when everyone stands up together, there's nothing the system can do. And you don't have to stand up in, you know, you don't have to drive to Washington and stand on, on the steps of Congress and, and voice your displeasure. You can do uh, anything at the local level. You know, we know that uh, a lot of these uh, authoritarian um, plans are being implemented at the local level, at the municipal level, uh, in school boards, in townships and, uh, and town councils, city councils. So be a part of your community, be an active part of your community, get your boots on the ground and have your voice heard. Uh, that's the only reason the Freedom Convoy was the success that it was. And it's the only reason that any protest movement uh, in history has been successful is getting people to just just show up somewhere. So please, if you can, if you right. feel like you're able to, um, if you feel like even if you're doubting that you're able to, but you think maybe you can, then listen to that voice and show up. Come I on. love it. Luke, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been truly inspirational. We really appreciate it. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belts, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't. You couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you. Even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.